So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. <laughs> Ride a moped. I don't know, like, touch your flower, is it moving? Like, no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Yo, 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 what's going on? <laughs> Welcome to Moped Monday Podcast, uh, episode forever, too many, too many episodes, they keep going. Um, this week we're doing it different, as always, it's been changing a lot, but this week we're, we're straight into it on the phone with Alex from Two Stroke Stuffing, and... Hello. Yeah. <laughs> He, we're, the time zones are crazy. The time zones are different. We're doing a different time this week. It's, it's 4.15 or something like that, or 4.20 over here. Whoa, 4.20. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All those people out there. Uh-oh. Careful. <laughs> Smoking the devil's lettuce or something. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what, what time is it for you out there? It's, uh, I'm six hours behind you, so it's 10, no, in front yeah, of you. So yeah. it's, uh. Yeah, ten twenty here. Oh, and uh, at first, I I had it wrong at first when I was talking to you. So I thought I was six hours after. I, no, six hours behind. So I so I like your normal time at eight o'clock was. Uh, I thought that would suit perfectly, but that would have been two in the <laughs> two on a Sunday night. Then. Yeah, that would have been a rough one. <laughs> that would have worked. Uh, would have worked fine though. Yeah. But, I had I got better. I have one episode that, that I ended up doing like that. I think I, re, I think I was recording it like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> or something, because yeah. the other guy was like ahead, like so far ahead or something. I don't know. So it, it had to work out that way. But yeah, this yeah, one isn't that bad. It. it works out. It works out pretty good. Like yeah, no problem. Cool. I was like, I don't know if you're you're already into your rum, like if it's too late or not. <laughs> well, I, I've I've been saving this beer for uh, forever now. So now I'm gonna because I've I've listened to a few episodes and I know it's tradition to like open the beer. Oh man, where's <laughs> so, mine at? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Get one cracking. Yeah. Dude, so for yeah. those for those who don't know, Alex has been yeah. running a YouTube channel. For what seven years now? I, it's not that long. I think it's uh, I can't really remember, but it's maybe four or five years. Okay, it started. I was like, there's a long story behind that YouTube channel, or it's actually not much of a story behind the actual channel, but it so it started way before that. With um, it was uh, it actually started on I think it started on Moped Army when I started uh. Like post, like doing these blogs about stuff I was like stupid stuff I was building and uh, mm-hmm. and I and I I think I did that for a, a couple of years and then I I was kind of tired of taking pictures and write, especially the writing and doing all that writing I was getting kind of tired and I thought maybe if I just film myself talking about the stuff and that would be much easier and quicker and and of course it's not. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's a lot more work yeah like it seems like less work and then you have to like go back and edit yeah. and like re-listen to stuff and like yeah exactly uh, but uh, but i really enjoy the the filming and editing 
true. And especially I had this period where I was, I, I was kind of afraid of being more into the film stuff than the moped or the two stroke stuff. And yeah. it's, that's kind of part of how I am. I'm, I have a tendency to like really dive into dive into stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone's got yeah. a rabbit hole. Like you, you can dive deep into any topic or subject or anything yeah. you're like interested in. But that, like, you know, that's yeah. that, that shows like passion for like what you're doing, though. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, so I was so I started this the YouTube channel just for for the people who was who were following on uh, on like Moped Army or or other forums where I had posted some stuff and uh, and it kind of just escalated from there. <laughs> <laughs> but never dreamt of uh, of going like the way it's like how it is now and how how well it's been going lately. Oh yeah, it's huge now. I think what is it like a hundred? I think last I looked it was like a hundred and forty thousand subscribers. Yeah, yeah, I think I just hit one hundred and forty subscribers. That's, that's just insane. That's yeah, that's so sick, dude. That's like nothing yeah. I would ever imagine. Because like even this, I just started doing this for fun, and I was like, cool. Yeah. With my friends, like let's let's do a podcast because we're always sitting around talking about mopeds. I'm sure. Someone else wants to hear us talk about mopeds. Yeah, and uh, and it's uh, by, over at your place uh, or your place, but <laughs> in the United States, there there's a uh, first of all, uh, there's a lot of lot more people there, but there's also like a more uh, developed community around mopeds. Yeah, uh, yeah. Compared to Norway, or I think in other places in Europe, there it, there's a bigger crowd around. Like, but the problem in Norway is that you. Uh, like mopeds in Norway, that's for kids. It's for a 16 year old because mm. you can get your license for a moped when you're 16. But yeah. when you're 18, you can get your driver's license for a car. And then, and everybody forgets about mopeds. And it's, it's just like the 16 year olds or, mm. or younger. And, uh, and then it's those like really old, old guys with, yeah. uh, like mint condition <laughs> restoration. And doing it that's the, all we have here. Doing it for the nostalgia. Like, Oh, I oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I've had this bike that, for uh, years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the prices are really like jacked up on all the old moped stuff here in Norway Man. because of those old guys with a lot of money and, and they're mm. like, and mint condition restorations. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, yeah. that's definitely a thing because, like, there's the guys here who, like, want to, like, do the, the clean, mint, perfect registration. And then there's, like, the ones who just want to build some ratty bike that, that gets the job yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, and it, we, there's, there's, like, there's small groups of people here that's, like, into it, like you guys over there. But mm -hmm. it's not, there's no, I don't think there's, might be some clubs, but the clubs are more like small groups of four or five people. Yeah. like wrenching in a garage it's not uh it's not i really envy the the way it is, the way it is over there yeah it's like, like yeah, everything's like i don't know especially where i'm at like i'm on the east coast so yeah a lot of different cities are really close to us mm -hmm. so like you know each city kind of has a click and it's like it's it's small pockets it's like it still doesn't seem like it's super popular Unless no. like you're like you're in it, like it's not big. It's like motorcycles or any like you know sports or some other stuff. But like once you're kind of in it, you like, no. find these little pockets and they and, like, and yeah. it's kind of tight knit just because the open army kind of holds it together and then space yeah, Facebook that, and all that well, stuff now makes it easy. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is I was kind of, I'm kind of like 
I don't know what you say, perplexed about the whole, like my YouTube channel thing about, cause it's such a niche thing. Yeah. Like it's, the stuff I'm doing is, well, first of all, I'm a real nerd when it comes to this stuff. So I'm, it, it is, it's so nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so if we're in the niche, there's, there's this other niche. And I, yeah, it's just weird that yeah, I find it really weird. <laughs> People are watching. I, yeah, I know. I get it. Like your, like your pocket of, of mopeds is like top tier one percenter, maybe less, maybe like 0.5 yeah. percenter would like care to do the things you're doing. That's why I yeah, also exactly. think it's, I talk about this a lot sometimes is like people who don't want to give away the information or show or tell. Yeah. Cause I always used to talk about like, like, like you said, you started with moped army and writing the blogs. I used to love that. Yeah. Cause I, when I got into it, I didn't have a moped. I just like lurked and read a bunch of moped army yeah. and seeing the guys who would take the time to do these full build write ups with the pictures and the, and the details on how they did everything yeah. was cool. Cause you could easily follow it and read it and be like, Man, that's awesome. That sounds tight. Yeah, but I but I would never do that because I don't have the time or or, or care the effort. No, and, I know it takes a lot of time and uh, and but yeah, it's it's kind of easier with the filming and because uh, I without the editing, it's I can't like work while I'm doing the filming. But it is times when I'm kind of like. I'm hesitant to do any talk talking because <laughs> I'd rather work on something. Yeah, like so, it uh, slows down what you're actually doing. Yeah, it does. But uh, but it's I can't like I love doing it, and uh, and even though things would go quicker if I didn't, then I like I wouldn't like come in contact with so many different people, and uh, and uh, and I'm also now at the point where I'm actually. Like I can't afford doing this because of the YouTube thing, and uh, yeah. so I, I'm at a, at the point where I'm uh, where I I can actually buy parts and stuff, and uh, and that's like the first time in my life. Like in the last couple of years, before that, I've like it's been a struggle. <laughs> like my whole life before that was always a struggle. Just yeah. buy a kit, and I I like spent half year saving like a shitty kit, so. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta grind just to save up to buy like the the one part you want. Yeah, <laughs> and then like exactly. you know so, a couple of months gotta go by before you can buy the next part, so it's super slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's uh, what do they say? It's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. About your YouTube, like I kind of wanted to talk about like just like the community that you've kind of built around it. You said like and now it's easier for you to mm-hmm. do it. Like. Can you talk about like some of the support you've gotten just from the people you've met through the channel? Yeah, no, I, it's there's it's been a lot, a lot of people helping out with uh, like machining parts and uh, and like I've come in contact with the companies doing the like the plating and uh, I did that I, like plated my own cylinders, mm-hmm. but it was like I like the first attempt was or was it the first attempt? Well, the first like that first period where I tried it, it was a success, but, uh, I used the wrong kind of, um, kind of like you, you can use, um, like silicon carbide mm-hmm. particles in the nickel bath, or you can use uh, boron nitride, but you have to use, um, I think it's cubic boron nitride. 
and I use hexagonal boron nitride, and that's like kind of a dry lubricant, but it's not hard enough. Oh, that's why and, I was uh, like, so the plating yeah, was, was like it didn't. Down. Yeah, so it didn't like it didn't peel. It stuck under well, and had I used the right particles, it would have would have been good. But uh, but it wasn't. Uh, and then I stripped it, and so that the plating didn't uh, adhere well enough. And uh, but then uh, this bleach and racing and they would do the plating for me for free and uh, and so yeah the, there's been a lot of that stuff a lot of people doing things for free and uh, I always feel like kind of ashamed of accepting it and, or, or, and I just I feel like I don't give enough thanks to people yeah no and, I, um, I mean that's a hard thing to do for, like to some people especially like just like taking help or like you know when you when you when you need it but like you know, yeah, you, you feel bad about it, but it's like at the same time, it's like these same people want to see you win. They want to see you accomplish the goal. Yeah, exactly. And there's also with these companies, they're also getting the advertisement, yeah, like space. So, so it's it's not only like one way. I'm trying to think of it like that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's something, that's something uh, cool that that comes from like building like a community or like a channel like what you like you have like. You even like your one post was like, whoa! I just got like twenty followers or something on Instagram, like just from like you like yeah. posting some story, which is crazy out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, moped. it's mopeds, guys. Yeah. Chill. It's just mopeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh um, it's kind of weird. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> so how'd you how'd you get started? Like, what got you into mopeds? Like, what was your background like? Oh. It- uh, it's um like I've always been into not mopeds but uh, like wrenching on stuff and like figuring out how stuff works and uh, like I from as long as I can remember from when I was a little kid I was always taking stuff apart and I've always been really interested in or I've always needed to know how things work and like properly like it's like my mind can't rest until I know how stuff works. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been interested in. There's been a lot of like stuff along the way, but it's always been like you go so long, and then the topic is kind of drained, of, or you feel like you can't learn much more about it. Like that's probably not true, but it feels that way. And then I grow bored, and uh, and I find something else. But like two-stroke engines and uh, and 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 mopeds, that's kind of uh, like the reason. 50cc and, and the small stuff is because it's uh, it's uh, first of all it's more efficient with a with a small engine and also it's cheaper to work with. Yeah, you can't like multiple cylinder big engines. It gets a lot expensive. Yeah, but um, but it started. Uh, well, I started with mopeds when I was like uh, I think or something. And before that, I did ride some dirt bikes. I had friends with dirt bikes, and uh, but it was mostly riding. But I got my first moped, and I and I kind of started modifying. For, but I didn't know anything, so I I remember I uh, I didn't no porting or anything. I bought I bought a kit and got that installed and rolled it around and worked fine. And I started uh, like experimenting with. I know one time I used that. It was this um, 
it was a shifter like in Norway or in mm-hmm. a, a moped that's 50 cc if it's uh, yeah. pedals or not it's 50 cc that that's a moped yeah and uh, that's also like in Norway you can't really find any real moped because no one wants them they want the shifter bikes yeah they all have so, cra- um, they all have crazy shifter bikes out there now though like everyone makes yeah. them like we we look at yeah, them sometimes, I, like the little supermoto shifty 50s like rippers like out the box so I, when I got my first moped, that was just before those like uh, those really cool shifter bikes got on the market. So, um, but I remember it because uh, so I was riding this moped, and I think it did about like almost sixty, I think, and um, and that was with a kit and a bigger carb and a pipe and and all the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, as I had didn't have any money, I <laughs> I had to try experimenting with like ways to get it to go faster without spending anything. And, uh, but, but I did no porting cause I, I, like, I didn't know it was a thing to do any porting. I didn't know it was, uh, something you could do. So I, I actually started playing with RC fuel and I tried mixing. I had RC fuel in my oil tank and then I had this tea and a valve and I was like trying to like mix in the RC fuel with, uh, with the gas. But, um, I remember like spending a lot of time getting this stuff together and then um, on the first test drive and I turn on the valve and uh, and that oil tank sat lower than the fuel tank. So what happened was just like the fuel just overflowed the uh. <laughs> methanol and nitro. And that was kind of, um, and then I think I just, yeah. but I did ride my moped like until I got a car license. And then I was, I was into cars for a little while. Mm-hmm. I had this, uh, Peugeot 505 Turbo, which uh, which I like started modifying, and uh, there was a point there where I had just stripped it of everything, like the whole interior, and I had two bucket seats and uh, like this six point harnesses, and uh, and I built an engine from like and used no money, so it was JB weld and just <laughs> and I had this <laughs> had this uh, secondary injector in Japanese. And there was was accepting Japanese, so I and uh, while playing with the controller, I am um, three pistons in. <laughs> so, I, yeah, but um, that was like my first uh, like intro to moped, and then it it uh, I didn't do anything moped or two stroke related for many years, but uh, I think it was maybe nine ten years ago when i uh, uh i was working and i had maybe it was a, like uh, about 20 20 or 30 mile commute and uh yeah. i didn't have much money so i needed something cheap to get there and i don't know if, have you seen that latest video with that um yeah miss little, you quickly with the little black uh bike looking yeah yeah, yeah. So that kind of started the whole thing again, because I I uh, I needed something cheap to buy and cheap to ride to work, and uh, but that it, it was a complete wreck. Uh, I found out like two weeks later that like every bearing in the engine was there was like two millimeters of slack in the main bearings, and everything was just completely. But um, oh yeah, and um, then I I needed a new engine for the for the bike and the. Like, of course, I got an NSU quickly, which I think it was like one of three in Norway. 
So um, uh, couldn't find an engine that would fit and uh, started looking for something else. And um, and then I found that Tomos engine, which that A35, which yeah. came out of uh, like a mini thing. I'm not sure if you have those over there. It's uh, like like just a tiny dirt bike, and uh, with a Kickstarter, no pedals. Yeah. And I I got that and um, and uh, and just chopped the frame and and like screwed the frame onto the onto that NSU quickly like moped. And um, and from there on, it was just I was that's where it started. Hooked I uh, Thomas so I, brought you back down the yeah. rabbit hole. Oh yeah, because I Thomas like there's nothing about Thomas in Norway, and no one has a Thomas here. And so I started googling Thomas uh, A35 and stuff, and I stumbled upon Mobile Army, and and that's where it started. So I uh, and then I was like lurking and uh, reading all those like the crazy builds and uh, and uh, and I was like starting with just like learning like. At that time, I didn't actually know much about, like, I think I learned about, like, porting and ignition timing and stuff from reading Moped Army. Oh, that's crazy. Like, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was, uh, but then I, I was hooked, and I was, like, and I, be, I became so stupid, so I didn't think about anything else and just two-stroke knowledge <laughs> from then on. And, um, and I, so I, I actually remember like there's some key points in 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 the story here. It is, I had that Tomos, and I was um, so I was like I couldn't afford buying anything, so I started porting it a little bit and like just port matching and like I think I raised the exhaust port a little bit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I got a pipe from a friend who worked at a like a small engine shop, and um, I think it was a Technigas mix or something something for a scooter and um i just welded it on to the i i kept the header and welded it on and I, there was no band obviously i did something wrong because it didn't like see over band but it looked cool so <laughs> i rode around with it then i i saw while lurking around on open army i like started seeing those uh, french bikes Oh, yeah. And uh, I I remember, see- yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, kind of the same. That, that, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a, that was yeah. my same. That was my same yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So like they, I they think look I, so I'm, cool. <laughs> oh, and it was so strange, and I, I've never seen anything like. And I I remember exactly which bike it was. It was that the like the green that Tomahawk bike, the green. It's like a dark or like military green. It's not the Rockstar bike, but it's uh, it's similar. And I, I remember seeing it and I was like, and before I saw it, uh, there had been this like whisper on Moped Army about this uh, single variated French bike being cheating. And <laughs> there was like, yeah, I, I, I built up this, uh, uh, the infamous, infamous bikes. And uh, when I saw it, I, I knew I had to get like get one. Oh my god! And so that's where the SPX started. So I started searching around, and uh, I found uh, that SPX in Sweden, uh, not too far away, and uh, went to pick it up. And the plan was to use that engine in the NSU quickly, but then I started like working on it, and um, 
and I kind of forgot about the NSU quickly. And I, yeah. at that point, I had a card, and yeah. I mean, then it was the, XPX. The, the XPX is already a cool frame and stuff too. It's like XPX looks yeah. rad. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, I think always looks better though. Like if, like it's more leaned forward. So if, uh, I like the lines of the yeah, like the most better. Yeah, like the forty T. Yeah. Like the first time I saw the forty T, that yeah. was that was it for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't think anything about it being rigid. I was like, yo, nah. this looks so good. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. that was my first bike. I was like, that's it. Like I'm I'm only if I buy a moped, I'm only buying this moped. Like nothing else will yeah. work. <laughs> Uh, it looks great though and uh and yeah i was like my dream was doing something like uh, like just like you did with um uh, just with, with the low bars and all that all the stuff like you like that cof- cafe racer uh mm-hmm. thing but um uh but then i started like still didn't have much money so i had to like what, what start you had yeah yeah, and uh, so I the same frame that gave me that pipe. He had this uh, Speed Fight two cylinder. Uh, I think it was a stock one laying around. And then I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna gonna get that cylinder onto the SPX SPX uh, engine." And I transfer. Um, <laughs> this was this way back in Motor Army. This is uh, it's documented there where I I started like I kept off the transfers on the on the. SPX. SPX cases, and I tried casting new, like, big blocks of transfers off just pure JB Weld. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was no success. But I kept trying, and I started gluing, like, all pieces of metal onto the cases, and it was actually running for a good while there. With the, like, it was a complete action, the whole thing. The, at that point, I was really getting into the, like, I was really getting interested in the uh, importing and like I was just checking up all the information I could find about about porting and just making m- might be because I didn't have the money to buy a kit and to buy anything, so I had to find ways to make like more power without buying something new. Yeah, I think that was. But then uh, after a while, it's like now it's or been like that for a while now, but um, I I can't really find much, it's not much fun in buying something and like buying a kit and getting it to work and stuff. It's, like it's kind st- of boring. Yeah, like you still want to play with everything. Yeah, and I, I saw at the point where I, like, I just bought this uh, Metrokit Pro Race 4 cylinder for that NSU Quickly. Mm-hmm. And because that, and I bought a lot of parts now for that bike, and I'm gonna build it up like you know, with a derby engine, and um, and and I bought the parts which I would have bought back then when, when I kind of dreamed about doing that. Yeah, the original but, uh, dream now, build. <laughs> yeah, but now looking at that cylinder and stuff, there's so much I would have done differently if I designed that cylinder, and there's so much wrong with, and it's not that just that cylinder. It's, like all of them, maybe not that newest uh, Bidalo, like 50cc racing kit. That's kind of like there's not much to change about that. It's fairly good, but yeah, like most others, there's there's a lot of stuff that, and I can't really see why they're doing it like that because there's it's it's not more expensive to do it right. So, <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm I'm really like what I enjoy the most is 
Like if you're hacking something onto something else, it's supposed to go there or building something completely from scratch myself. That's where I like. That's the, what I like to do, and I I really like like trying to do stuff and designing things and and like I I'm not doing anything for I don't have any customers. I do whatever I want and try whatever I want, and I financial motivation behind it that doesn't have work. So that's what started it, the SPX, and I just kept on like. I kept on playing with cases and like making bigger intakes, and uh, and I I went from that speed five cylinder to an uh, to an R I think it was an Arsel kit for a special speed five, which I uh, like uh, water cooled, and I got that on there, and then the bike was actually running for quite quite some time. I actually like attended some rallies and stuff with that bike. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but. Uh, but then, it's like, I have this habit of making stuff that's running, not running, because I want to <laughs> try something. Or <laughs> so, so it's been it's been like many years now without any writing at all, because I'm always like, there's always something I want to try, and it screws up the running bike. You need like the the, one, the, uh, the one in the corner you're not allowed to touch. <laughs> yeah, I actually got one. It's that uh, I bought. I built that rat scoot, like a like a rat scooter, and it's sitting there, and it's ready to just like stop and ride and love to touch it so it's not a performance like there's a kid on it and it's i think it has about 60 but it's like i'm not touching it yeah. that's for riding yeah it's all the uh, funny that you say like it's like it's not performance it does like 60 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but, everyone's yeah. like so what does that's performance like, mean to you that's it's like 80 <laughs> yeah 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 well well, after his vulnerable stuff, I'm, I'm like, I really, I'm going back to vulnerable next year, and um, and now this COVID stuff, it it like screwed up for us. Uh, I was supposed to go last year, and I was supposed to go this year, but uh, next year. Yeah, I don't and, you uh, don't you still have like, the frame and stuff over here? Yeah, it's uh, in the garage in Arkansas, and um, it is that's with the old SPX engine. And uh, I think if we had been able to run uh, last time when I was there, I think actually we we would have broken the record. That, um, that's crazy. You wanna? That was like one of the questions too. We we got like you know what was like your motivation yeah. for trying to do all these things and make it faster. And I and I got that a lot of that's just yeah. from your personality. Like you just want to like yeah. figure out how things work and make it yeah. better. And like you know, yeah, studying yeah, two stroke stuff uh, that like most people wouldn't even like think about, like <laughs> yeah, like, deep into it. But uh, what was like the yeah. you want to talk about the quest for like the the whole land speed record thing? Yeah, well, up until that point, I was just building for like for fun or for the like learning and like I had to set some kind of a goal or. Like it was no no point in setting a goal lower than the world's most powerful two stroke because why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? So so I but um but then this uh, like the gym guy who was like uh, who's on the team, he contacted me and asked if uh, I was interested in doing like a attempt at Bonneville and um and 
like assemble a little team and, and do that. So he kind of arranged all the stuff that needed to happen. And uh, uh, it was just like, it, like when he, when he emailed me and asked if I wanted to, wanted to, I, I was like, I can't say no to that. Yeah. And, um, and then we, won- we went there and, uh, and I, I was kind of like, this is, this is, this I can do with my engines. This is perfect for, for what I'm building. Cause I'm, I'm really trying to build stuff. That's uh, like, I'm not that, I'm not a good, that beautiful rider. And I'm, I'm not that into riding either. I'm like racing. Yeah. So, uh, but like Bonneville, that's perfect. And, and it's not me riding either. It's that, uh, like Travis, the, uh, he's the pilot on the team. Get you a but, little, uh, little lightweight well, jockey. Yeah, well, he's actually much bigger than me. But he's a really good rider, and he's been like working a lot, and and really cool guy. But um, but no, it, it was just like, but from the like after being there, I was kind of set on Bonneville and the landfill racing. Even though we haven't even like we, we never went to Bonneville, mm-hmm. it was just it was a big lake when we went there. And, um, yeah, that's what we had. But yeah, I had someone on, and that's what they were telling me like a couple of weeks ago. They were like, "Yeah, like you have to be like it depends on when you go there for a year because someday, sometimes it's just it's just a lake, <laughs> which is like yeah, it's it crazy was, to uh, think about. It's such a weird place in the country. It was so close too because they uh, just I think Thursday when we were um, driving up there, then they were preparing the track and everything was fine. But then it started raining on. I think it was Friday night or Saturday and it rained a lot. And as it's so flat, it just flooded the whole area. Oh man. So, um, yeah, that was it. And you had like, but what, I, was, I it, really, what was your time frame? Like, was it like you had super limited time to be out there? Yeah, we had one and a half weeks to, uh, and it, there was this, um, uh, the world finals. That's the event we were going to attend. And, okay. uh, but it got canceled. So uh, I think it was Saturday morning. Uh, it got canceled, and uh, and then we had a whole week, and we did do some testing with a bike, and there was a lot of stuff going wrong. So we would have struggled out there, but I think we would have like got it running properly. And we had this really strange. Uh, I like I I thought it was the ignition or or like something fuel related or something like that. But this, the thing was, it had I think at some point. Because I was running a really, really tight squish. Mm-hmm. Like my philosophy, my philosophy around squish gap is that it it shouldn't be any gap there at like peak power RPM. Because then there's nothing to detonate. If there's nothing there, you can't detonate what's nothing there. Yeah. So, uh, but that works. But you, if you over rev it, and I had revved that engine to maybe 23,000 RPM, and that was too much, and my 0.5 millimeter squish cap had, I think that was a problem. So that was not enough. And the piston had touched the head and compressed the ring land. Mm. And, um, so what was going on with it? There was this intermittent compression loss thing. So yeah. I checked compression and, but it was cutting out. And I spent several days trying to figure out what was wrong because I had it apart and the ring was not cracked. And, uh, but yeah, I, one time I had it apart and the ring was cracked. So, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, we would have struggled a lot out there, but I, I think, I like could have could have done it. <laughs> yeah. We're going are, like, back next year. Mopeds are so finicky like that. It's just one of those things. Like, 
unless you see the problem yeah. happen. Like the hardest part of mopeds for most normal people is diagnosing the problem. And unless you see yeah. it happen yeah. multiple times, it's really hard to like chase down a couple things. Like sometimes you have to check 10 things before you find the one yeah. problem. Yeah, it's like, of course it was. Like, it's, yeah. uh, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm, so, uh, I had something. But <laughs> yeah, so you guys are going to be going back. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going back. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, there was something I, I can't remember. Yeah, but we're going back next year. And, um, and I'm hoping to have that, that PIP engine with that cast uh, or the cylinder I designed. Mm-hmm. hoping to have that ready that it, it is actually ready i'm just i need to build that dyno and start testing it and see if things work like i think they should work and uh and it's also that brute force uh that like uh that blown 50 cc i'm hoping to get that like if if it works i think it can be really powerful i'm hoping to like i'm making every engine to fit the same frame so we can okay. maybe try yeah, like several out. engines out there that'd be crazy yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, would be cool. So, and then we can enter different classes because you have the blown fuel class and then the gas class and the, and the, the fuel class, which is, uh, which is everything except gasoline. And, um, we could potentially like break several records. That's the, like, that's the, that's what I'm hoping for. That's it. But, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on yeah. fuel? Cause, uh, we, we had an episode recently with, the. Uh, these guys down in Florida and they're running like the methanol and they're running nitrous. Yeah. Like they're doing all sorts of stuff. What, are, what, so what are your thoughts on like different fuels and stuff like that? Well, I, I kind of, um, like I, I was like kind of into just running normal gasoline or race fuel. Like I really like leaded race fuel. Because uh, it's re- like it re- reacts or responds to jetting kind of differently to to the normal pump gas. Now it's more you can lean it out more and like it's it just reacts. It's easier to play with, kind of in a way. But um, but I started like there's more power to be had in methanol and especially in nitromethane. And there's and it has some uh, like the, the disadvantage is that it like destroys your whole bike if you don't purge and stuff after you've run it. But the advantages is like, especially for just methanol alone, it cools so well and you're running so much of it through the engine. So you can get away with a lot more, like a lot more compression, a lot more timing, um, more like harder hitting pipe. And uh, just you, there's so much more leeway before you blow things up with methanol. Yeah. So that's a like a big plus, and then like nitromethane is like it's it's the opposite. So even though you run a lot, then when you're running nitro, you have to run uh, even more than with the methanol through the engine to like get it jetted correctly. But uh, but the nitro, it's uh, it's more like it lowers the detonation point of the methanol the more you put in there. But it also adds a lot of power. They call it a power multiplier. Okay. It's um, yeah, and it, like this, what's so special about nitromethane is that you like it has lower energy content compared, like versus weight compared to gasoline and methanol. But you're you can I think 
like stoichiometric, like the like the mixture where you're burning all the fuel when you mix it with air. Mm. So when it's burning, burning like the like the, like the purest burn, that's about uh, around. I think it's two to two to one, like uh, air and uh, nitro. So so you're putting so much in there, and, and even though it has less. Uh, less energy compared to gasoline you're you're like doubling the power just by or like quadrupling the power just by so like you're putting so much in there but it gets better it's uh because what happens with nitromethane especially when you run it really rich is that it it creates more like it creates more products than reactants like they call it in chemistry so uh, versus like methanol or gasoline so what's happening is you're like the combustion is creating much more stuff from like it's creating much more stuff from what you're putting in than gasoline and methanol and that gets even better from the more you pour in there so yeah actually it's uh, like it's best when you're just burning pure nitro without air and, uh, so that's why you see the top field dragsters and stuff. They're pouring in like they're running. I think they're running like by weight twice the amount of nitro to air, and that's way past the like the point where it's burning the cleanest. But it's making more power. Hmm. So uh, so it's it's just a special fuel, but it's really expensive, and you can I can't get it in like pure form here in Norway. It's uh, it's not allowed because it's. Uh, it's considered uh, like you can make a bomb from it, so, so you're not allowed to buy it. So I have to just stay with the RC fuel. Yeah, just wrapping but, um, this giant moped bomb between your crotch, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm not like if I can. I know I can get it in Sweden, and I'm I'm I am getting some from Sweden. But uh, now the border has been closed for one and a half years due to the COVID thing, mm-hmm. and um, and there's been a lot of control uh, like there's i think like where i'm living there's never any police at all but now like the last uh, one and a half years there's been police around here every day and uh, then it gets kind of sketchy driving over the border with uh (laughs) lots of uh, like bomb chemicals (laughs) yeah that's that that's a thing (laughs) yeah yeah and it's kind of it's really like bad here like in that respect so it's like if they catch me with a lot of nitro, uh, like nitro in the car, I I might get in prison. Like it's, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I better not yeah. at least keep under the radar. Need someone uh someone to store it somewhere for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I actually like doing some research into seeing if I can like register as like a scientist or something like that and get like a license for doing science. And I need nitro. That might be a, like a possibility because it's it's gotten to the point now that like the drag racers who use it as a fuel and have licenses, they can't even store it anymore. They have to oh, leave it at the track. And uh, yeah, so, uh, so how do you test it? You got to yeah. leave it somewhere, and like that doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. You can only test at the track where. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is not that. Uh, I think it's not that strict in Sweden. But Norway, we're kind of we're strict on a lot of stuff here. <laughs> Crazy. So um, yeah. 
And that's also so, um, like, even in that like top, like, you know, 5%, like that's like still like some end all, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, most mopeders aren't thinking about different fuels at all. No, like, oh, no, what's, that? No. what's the cheapest gas I can get at the pump? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I'm uh, and I'm getting a lot of like there's well, not a lot of but there's a few comments about like people kind of upset with me doing that methanol and nitro thing and like like it's not the it's not a pure uh, like 50 cc two stroke build anymore and uh, I kind of see that it's, it's like how can you compare uh, an engine running on the methanol and nitro methane to an, a normal gasoline engine? It's a, yeah. It is kind of cheating, but uh, but still fifty cc. So like you know, like the yeah, still fifty cc, and still like this that fuel is available. Why use a why use an inferior fuel when you when you can can't or when you when you don't have to? So uh, yeah, but it it is kind of cheating. <laughs> it is. This is chemical supercharging, as they call it. But it's also like there's a, there's a I feel like there's a heavy learning curve to it too. Like for someone yeah. who could, who's someone who could just get it and try it, they might end up yeah. like blowing a lot of motors up before they figure it out. Yeah, you'll start mel- melting stuff really fast. It's um, like methanol and especially methanol and nitromethane. It's um, it's really like. You can run it really rich, and it run, you won't lose power. But if you're just the slightest lean, you just melt the piston in two seconds. It's uh, and I've done that melted plugs and pistons just from like trying like jetting down a little bit, and it just melts instantly. Mm. So it's uh, yeah, it's take kind it all of apart a, again. It's a, like, <laughs> yep, pieces yep. everywhere. Oh yeah, and when you melt the piston and that like the melted aluminium, it smears all over the bearings and. So you can't really run it anymore. Like you, it seems fine, but if you run it, that it galls on the on like all the bearings, and it just destroys itself within just a few runs. Mm. So yeah, it's um, but it is it is kind of cool too to run like methanol and nitro. It sounds cooler. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's all about, you know. We want to sound yeah, cool. Yeah, sound cool, look cool. Yeah. <laughs> sound know. cool look cool that's yeah. important yeah it's like, <laughs> it's like that it's like that picture that's like you know what your what your parents think you know when you're riding a moped what, what you think you look yeah. like and then like what you actually look like yeah <laughs> it's like we all yeah. feel cool yeah. <laughs> from from the inside but it, it is a moped though so yeah. <laughs> i feel that i, I feel, feel i feel i really yeah. feel that way when i when i see like random guys with like no license driving their like DUI scooter down the street, you know. I'm like, yeah, man, look at that Ooh. idiot on the scooter. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I never feel that way when I'm riding my bikes. <laughs> I say that's that's an uh, objective thing. I think it's, it is stupid riding in the GUI six. And I hope it is. It is cool. I hope it is cool. I like, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but uh, it's uh, like it's much cooler than like. Could have been driving a Lamborghini. That's like, yeah. It's like and, ah, yeah, yeah. It's only it's only cool if you can like if you really can afford it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you built it yourself, maybe oh, like from a kit. 
Have you that seen? Been cool. Have you seen that crazy? I can't remember the YouTube channel, but it's like this weird channel, and they 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 made like a Lamborghini into like an off road like track vehicle. Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. Of, yeah, that uh, thing's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I've also seen a few videos of um, of people building like this kit kit cars, like hyper cars kits. Yeah, and, uh, I, it's really cool. But um, I actually don't watch much. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm when I'm watching YouTube videos, it's mostly like woodworking and <laughs> stuff. And I'm not, I'm not into woodworking. I just enjoy watching the woodworking guys. <laughs> I really hate woodworking myself. <laughs> you, you, give it twenty years, dude. I think I think you'll definitely be like that old woodwork guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I had one question come in from one of the guys, one of the wizard yeah. boys down here, and they just said, uh, yeah. "Like, how do I make mopeds go fast?" And I was like, "This is a perfect question for you." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "So you wanna you wanna talk a little bit about like the things you think are like yeah. the top key factors yeah. for making a, a normal moped fast, like like resonance, well, and like slip fit bearings, and yeah. stuff like that." So what it says, so everything is allowed, like. Uh, you can like it can be ported the way you want and yeah like because like there's yeah, there's a few things that it's like first of all like maybe the most important thing is that you need good cooling because without good cooling you can't really get like you can't try to get a lot of power but then you will like you can't get up there until you will cease before you really get power and and then like air cooled is out of the picture. Like with air cool, you can't really make like you can make a lot of power, but you can't make close to what you can with proper water cooled things. Well, you can go into water cool because because I think right now, especially right now, like it's super accessible for someone to get a water cooled head. You can go on Treatland, yeah. you can go on Dose, you can buy a water cooled head right out the box. Yeah, you and know? that's important because you can't like. I'm not sure how efficient like a two-stroke engine is, like uh, how much of the like how much just goes away as heat, but it is a lot. It's it's a lot. Maybe it's like seventy percent. I it's probably more, and you have to get that heat away from the from the combustion chamber and the cylinder and stuff, and and you can't do that with air. So you have to have a good water cooling setup, and uh, and preferably uh, like a a pump that can pump a lot to get like really high water flow. I think I'm running uh, on the SPX engine. That's uh, the one in land speed bike. I think I have a, it's a 30 liters a minute pump. And that's like, I would have preferred more if I could get one with that pump more. But uh, so a lot of water, that's like number one, you need to cool, good cooling. That's important. And, um, kind of difficult like there's so many things to but uh like the first thing you have to worry about is is the timing of the transfers and the exhaust ports and that's where the resonance comes into play so you like the exhaust port there's kind of a limit there and it's around like intuitively you would think it was 180 degrees because then like the 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 poses in the pipe would like uh, when the when the piston opens the port the poses would like take off and it would come back like it's it takes the same time to 
go to the back of the pipe and back again. Like that's like it takes the same time to go from the piston to the back of the pipe as it takes to get get from the back of the pipe to the piston again. But uh, but when that that port opens, the like the initial little crack of opening from the piston, that's not when the like the main pole starts traveling. It's may it's around ten degrees after that, depending on the shape of the port and, and stuff. So first we set to set your exhaust timing at about one hundred and ninety degrees. That's like duration. But then you know that whatever pipe you make, it like it fits in the right dimensions and the right proportions. It will work like perfectly with the port. And then you'll have to figure out the area of your exhaust port and start like designing your or porting your transfers to to match the specific time area of the blowdown in your exhaust port, the part like above the transfers where only the exhaust is open. You have to match that with the area of your transfer ports. Because there's like the worst thing is to have less transfer area, effective transfer area than exhaust blowdown area because then you're of trans limited and then you get into trouble if with overheating and stuff but um it's kind of hard explaining it just in, uh, well that's why they got to watch the youtube channel right yeah and i'm <laughs> i'm and i haven't made videos explaining much lately either i'm, I'm i've been much more into the building stuff and uh, and uh, but i'm it really with a I remember reading Mopadami in in my early days, and uh, and there was a lot of talk about uh, about exhaust timing and blowdown timing, and it was uh, it was always described in degrees, and degrees is that important for for the exhaust port for the opening of the exhaust port. That's important because of the to get the pipe into uh, like resonance, like it will get the pipe to work with an with an exhaust port that opens far too late. But uh, but you won't get the proper resonance. You won't get that super positioning of uh, so that the the previous cycle enhances the cycle and then like the ball rolling and it gets stronger and stronger until there's no energy left in the exhaust to to pull out of it. You won't get that if your exhaust port is too low, and you won't get that if your exhaust port is too high either. But there's also like as long as you're gaining more RPM. Uh, then you're losing torque from an exhaust port. So an exhaust port that's like two over 200 degrees duration can make more power than one that's like the 190 correct duration because you're, you're like giving away some some torque, but you're gaining RPM or you're moving the torque, you're getting higher into the RPM range. And as long as you're like gaining more RPM than the torque you're losing, you're making more horsepower. So So it's not like... That's the reason why you won't you won't find many like proper racing cylinders that has a low, as low an exhaust port as 190 degrees, because you can like make it a little bit higher and still make more, or make more power than the than the right exhaust port height. So, but um, I'm feeling I'm just like keep moving on. <laughs> no, no, you're that's that's. No. That's cool. Like that's but, uh, what people they, yeah. they, they ask the questions because they want to hear about it. You know. Yeah. Like it's. But uh, yeah, I was. 
So back on Mopal Army, when I was uh, like long ago, when I was reading there, it was always like described in degrees and uh, like 30 degrees of slowdown, that's too much. Often like things were said similar to that. And, uh, and that's kind of because uh, it's the area that's important, not the like degrees of slowdown or the trans like degrees of transfers, like uh, transfer duration. It's the area. So you, because you don't know how wide that port is or how wide the transfers are. or So so it's the area that's important, the effective area. So how much how much they can flow. Because there's no point in having an exhaust port that can flow like uh, like twice as much as the transfers. Because then you're transfer limited and you can't make more power than the transfers can can make. And, uh, and vice versa with the exhaust port. So... Uh, so area is important, but also the angles of the, like the angles of the transports. That's really important because you got to get the like the spent gases out of the cylinder before you can fill it with fresh gas. So and like if you just go crazy and make everything like super super big and won't work because it will just just mix with the exhaust and cause a lot of detonation and not much power. Yeah, so, I uh, think I think so many of us like have like. When you hear about porting, you think, "Oh man, let me let me let me try it." They just like yeah. you just everyone just goes ham. <laughs> they just they just, they just port it as big as they can and like you know slap it on and see what happens. That was uh, actually uh, that was a death of that uh, arsenal kit uh, or aerosol kit I had on the SPX because I I like overported it and it was a doorstop. Uh, just <laughs> didn't hit the power band and was just gone and i actually remember when i was um way back when i was had that uh, spx no that yeah that was that speed fight two cylinder on the spx uh, air cooled and i i got that running and i started thinking about porting and i had read a lot on moped army and i was i felt kind of ready and i uh, i started um like cal- calculating the port height but i i didn't take into account how the conrod moves in relation to the, like how the piston moves in relation to the crank rotation. So I did some calculations and I like, I think I, I came out with a like 10 millimeter higher exhaust port and six millimeter higher transfers and stuff like mm. And I remember posting a picture of it on Wolfwood Army. And, uh, and, and thinking about it now, I'm surprised I didn't get more shit from doing that because people were really helpful and just saying like, no, I think you did something wrong here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was I think like, I had that. Let them have at it. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but, um, oh, you can't just like in, like in 50 CC and like small cylinders, cylinders like that. It, it can be like just 0.5 millimeters off somewhere and that like breaks the whole thing or like you lose all the power you were supposed to get but it's really finicky yeah but that's kind kind of what like i think that's why the two-stroke engine thing has really stuck with me and i feel like even though i kind of know a lot about it and i've spent a lot of time and done a lot of research and i still feel like there's much more i don't know about two strokes than i do know like it's, I feel like I can't drain the topic. So I think that's why it's like it just goes on for years and years, and I never get tired of oh it. Yeah, because you can always like find something new, 
or do it yeah, a, little, uh, a little bit better. Yeah, and there's always stuff to explore that I feel I don't know enough about. And sometimes I kind of like I feel like my brain is just it's tiring me down, and then stuff like that wood chopping uh, period happens, <laughs> and I have to just take a break. And but uh, yeah, it's just a it's really like two stroke engines are so simple but so complicated at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so they're um, really beautiful. Yeah, it's just um, it, the whole concept is just so beautiful, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> the two stroke, the, the two stroke, <laughs> you know, the two stroke, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's got that special smell and that special sound. Oh well, yeah, you know, nothing like a weed yeah. whacker. <laughs> oh no, there's there's just something about two strokes. So I, I had this weird one that was just like about like the the bearings because I saw a guy I remember watching this guy who was doing some track racing in the states uh, it was like three knees down yeah. and the tomahawk tuning guy and, yeah and they were they were using I saw like I saw this video one day and they're using these bearings and the bearings are just like they're just slipping them on and they're slipping them off and I'm like yeah wait what because. Because everyone else is like, oh, got to heat your bearing, and you got to like, you know, put it in the freezer, and you put it on, and it's just on there forever. And and then I started yeah. seeing stuff about like bearings, people just taking off their hands, and I'm like, this is insane. This is this is new to me. Yeah. So you want to talk a little well, about, actually, about like, slip slip bearings and like the the benefits? Yeah. So the uh, the benefits of um, so we have this. You can do it. There's the right way and the like <laughs> wrong way, and. And I've done it both like in the PIP engine, I've done it the right way. But um, so the point here is that the, the, while at higher RPM, the crank is flexing. Even like even a like really big, super heavy duty crank will flex at higher RPM because there's so much mass in, in motion there. And, um, and then like while it's flexing, it really wants to pull on the bearings if it's like pressed on there. But if you float the crank, like uh, if you have one or two bearings slip fit on the on the crankshaft, then the crank is allowed to move in and out while it's flexing, and this leads to much less friction and more power. And also on the plus side, you can disassemble and assemble the engine much easier. So um, so that's that's the whole point of it to to let the crank flex and and like pull the axle in and out of the bearing without creating more friction so uh, that's the point but if you do the the thing which i've done a couple of times just uh, sanding down the inner race of the bearing or the or the crankshaft itself it there's no problem doing that but the crank it will wear much faster and you will create you will create slop in like the connection between that bearing and the crank eventually but for racing it's not a problem because you will replace the parts like uh, quite often anyway yeah but but the right way is not doing that but buying like not ball bearings but roller bearings and uh, if you have like typical shifter bike where there's uh, there's no like sideways force on the as long as you're running a straight cut gear there's no sideways force you can run a roller bearing on both sides but with a variator where the belt is pulling a lot on the crank you need one bearing that locates the, or keeps the crank from being pulled into the case. 
So um, so on that PIP engine, I'm running a ball bearing on the variator side and a roller bearing on the other side, on the ignition side. And, uh, and that, that's like almost as good because the crank can pull pull in and out of that bearing uh, while it's at high RPM. So that's the reason. And it's yeah. much easier to take apart and inspect while you're racing. So that's a plus two. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's why. So you want to go fast, do that shit, try it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it makes it much, much easier for you when you need to replace something, you can just pull it apart and, or do some porting or, or, or matching or whatever. I actually, <laughs> I actually just before I, but just before this, I was uh, assembling that derby engine with the metro kit cylinder and, uh, I did, I did uh, like I did port matching the wrong way. I just stuffed uh, like the whole area below the ports with a play dough and oh, I yeah. matched <laughs> it without. <laughs> but uh, I worked. I think I, yeah. It's a great. That's a great trick. It works fine. You know. Yeah, like, it does. And I, I just vacuumed up the. Yeah, worked fine. Like I, I got a couple of packets of little play dough in my uh in my in my garage right now. <laughs> You know, yeah, <laughs> never, you never know when you want to port it lazy. <laughs> no, exactly. I actually, we, uh, I remember watching the first. Uh, we had the first pinball race in the states, yeah. and uh, the guys they were doing the first one they did was really far. It was like Maine, New York to Key West, Florida, like nine days. They were doing like 300, <laughs> 300 miles a day, something crazy. Shit, and I remember yeah. like uh, our our shop in Richmond was one of the stops. And I remember the team was running. They were running a stock Tomos with a pipe. And they pull in to the garage. And, like, the guy takes off the cylinder. And this is probably the first time I'd seen someone do it, like, in person. And he just, like, <laughs> pulled the motor. They took off the top end. They stuffed the bottom end full of Play-Doh. And they, like, ported it out, like, <laughs> in the middle of the night. And, like, put it back together. And I was like, all right, cool. We got this Play-Doh full of aluminum. Yeah. Sweet. Throw it over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works though. It works. Yeah, it's like a little little. <laughs> yeah, magic, I really, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember reading about all those rallies, and uh, I think maybe I remember some of the names too. But I really, really wish I, like, really wish it was like that over here. Um, I remember. I, it's been a long time since I've been on open army now. I've. I did actually check in just a few days ago now, just to see if uh, I could recognize any of the names, and I did. And there's still some, like, there's still some guys there which I really like. I, I'm still really looking up to, like, um, uh, like Jay Bot. Oh yeah, you know Jay, that guy. Jay Bot for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I, that he's like. Uh, I just re I remember. I think I. So a few years ago, when I like had a look at Mulami again, uh, I remember J-Bot has become badass. <laughs> has now become a badass. Remember that? Thinking that was <laughs> oh, cool. Oh yeah, his band and stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and uh, why? I, I, I and also saw uh, you know, Graham Motzing, mm -hmm. which uh, yeah, Graham. He, yeah, he too was on there back when I when I was like like active there and uh and several other guys and i also remember this i was it i think it was a guy named uh if it was uh was it chad or sh there was a 
I had this thing where every every time I came up with a new ID or something, mm-hmm. this guy had always done it. <laughs> and he was, uh, I can't really remember his name, but I think he, he wasn't active anymore either. You know, yeah. He was like this old guy who had done everything. Yeah, he, was burned, so, he burned out. Burned, he burned bright, burned fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, what was this? yeah. Uh, I was gonna say like, we we did an episode with Jbot. It's like episode seventy four. So if you want to like hear him oh, talk about, I his, gotta check that out. Yeah. Talk about his robots yeah. and weird weird builds. Oh yeah, like, he's definitely just... like reminds me of you for sure because he's got like all this weird stuff yeah, he's doing I, in the garage. <laughs> I'm just feeling like he's the he's he's uh, I'm just he's the real thing. Like I I feel like I'm not I'm not at the Jbot. <laughs> um yeah with that robot band and all. it's just yeah it's like he just drove he just yeah. drove down a different rabbit hole that's all yeah yeah no that was really really a great cool guy and helped out a lot so uh, i re- <laughs> there's this other guy too which actually yeah i do you remember crazy wayne Oh uh, yeah, we we got an episode of Crazy Wayne too. He talks about like Bernie yeah. Bernie Man and racing shopping carts yeah. and all sorts of weird shit. Well, it was uh, he he's like for some. Uh, I felt like when I was on there, Crazy Wayne was always talking shit to everybody, <laughs> but but not, but he wasn't talking shit to me. He was kind of uh, he was really friendly and helpful and uh, and actually one time actually quickly and and just. Talked about a lot of things and like tips for what I should do with bike and stuff like that. But just felt like, yeah, just uh, he was a really nice guy, not to most others, it seemed, and, mm. <laughs> and really strange and weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I really got to find that episode too. Yeah, there's some weird mopeders just living on the on the verge, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like the, you're yeah. you're almost crazy, but like, but that's what makes like what you do beautiful. Because like you know they're doing they're doing things that are different. That's yeah, what, that's what it takes sometimes. I'm, someone to someone to you know to just try something new. I'm always uh, I live in kind of a strange neighborhood. There's uh like it's just a tiny little like it's really like a rural a rural is that what it's yeah. called like out 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 yeah area and. Uh, like on this little like there's houses spread out around the area where i live but we have this little area with i think it's six or seven like houses and uh and there's a lot of really like really weird people here <laughs> so like my closest neighbor he's uh yeah he's my closest neighbor he's uh his name is eric he goes by the name eric ass in Norwegian though, but uh, and he has this band, the Ass Cheek Band, which is uh, <laughs> like, it's a, yeah, and he's a really big figure in uh, in the in this. Uh, there's no name for it in uh, in English, but it's uh, they, ca- they call themselves Raggere, uh, and that's like some kind of weird, uh, like trying to be really like rednecks, mm-hmm. like American rednecks. They yeah. even this. That you know that flag, the cross, like a state flag thing. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's a like it's a really, really racist flag, and that's like their banner. But they're not racist, really. Yeah. I don't think they're. Yeah, it's, it's just like they. 
they worship like kind of a redneck lifestyle or what they think is a redneck lifestyle. It's uh, and drive old shitty American cars and uh, <laughs> so he's like a like a cult figure in that in that scene. Yeah, and, uh, just out here cosplaying as country rednecks from from the states. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, like that, and so it's and there are a lot of strange people. But then I'm like, I'm one of them. I'm sitting here <laughs> with my mopeds. <laughs> Shit, <I'm, laughs> so I, I fit perfectly in with all this. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of strange people up here. A lot of strange people. Dude, you wanna you wanna talk a little bit about uh about your homemade dino and like kind of like yeah where, how you have you used that to dial in the things that you've changed on your bike? Yeah, so um, it's really a simple design, or it, it isn't much of a design at all. It's just a big electric motor which I've uh, I ripped out all the windings, so it's just a rotor, and that's the drum which you ride on. And uh, so I, I just cut a big hole in the top of it and, uh, and, and welded a frame to it in front where the bike can sit. And, um, and I'm using that free um, uh, simple dyno software. And it's just uh, an RPM sensor on the, or a hole sensor on that roller. And that's all. And uh, so it's, it's an uh, inertia dyno. So it just measures how fast you can accelerate the known mass of that roller. And it works just, it works perfectly. It is really simple design. And uh, so the, the only reason I'm building a new dyno now is because I need a, like a load cell dyno, a brake dyno to keep that PIP engine at a constant RPM, constant load, like simulate the radiator doing a thing. Okay. So if it, if it weren't for that, I could have used my old dyno. But um, yeah, it's just as long as you can find a big electric motor, like big enough to, I think this one can support. It's a, it is a big unit. It's, a, I think it weigh it weighed nine hundred kilograms. Damn. Like when it was with all the stuff in it. But um, uh, if just, anyone wants to, yeah. I was just gonna say I think it'd be like that'd be sick to like uh, <laughs> have like at a moped rally. Like all right guys, here's the yeah the the, the thing at the rally. Everyone gets a dyno tester moped. That'd be sick. Yeah, that and like you can build a roll yourself or get someone to machine one, but I think it gets it will get kind of expensive to like because there's a lot of metal. Like you need to turn down like a big chunk of metal to. I know folks are like uh, making like hollow uh, tubes and filling with concrete, and so there's a lot of ways to do it. But uh, this seems like the absolute like easiest solution just get a big electric motor and uh, cut a hole in it and rip out the winding so uh and for for reference if anyone wants to build one mine is 2.17 kilograms it, it has a, a rotational inertia of 2.17 kilograms and that works for like it, i have had bikes on there with about 70 80 horsepower and it's still like that's about the limit but it works for that so perfect for mopeds. Yeah, sick. Not uh, not like they're like 70, 80 horsepower, but uh, <laughs> so, and that was scary because I then I was uh, like that. I know the motor is it's rated for like fifteen hundred RPMs, and I talked to ABB, which uh, are which made that motor, and they said that 
you can like safely go to like 2000 RPM or something, but they wouldn't guarantee anything above that. And, and I had a Harley on there and, uh, and you had to use, yeah, <laughs> I was spinning like 4,500 RPM and that was scary. Like the whole garage was shaking and, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I perfect went, for moped. Stuff. I went to like a, to like a, we had a, like a local Harley shop. They like, like small DIY yeah. Harley shop called engine and frame. They're really cool. Like early episodes, yeah. we talk about them a bunch cause they have a podcast too. But um, yeah. one of their events, they, they had one of those guys who had like the dyno and a trailer, like they, pull up a big you know double wide like tandem axle trailer with a with a dyno inside of it and they're just pulling harleys inside of this thing and like revving them (laughs) to the fucking moon it's so loud it's just like yo this is crazy so i can only imagine like a big harley on like that little thing in your garage (laughs) yeah it was uh and it was this uh, it's a friend of mine uh, and he had uh like his building like Harleys or Triumphs and stuff like bigger stuff. And, uh, but it was like just straight pipes and it was extremely loud. Like I, I think most of the shaking in the garage was from just the exhaust sound. It was, uh, yeah, yeah it's cool. different. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> like mopeds, yeah. you get that, that high whining and you're like, Oh yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. You, listen to that pipe hit. And like some straight pipe Harley's <laughs> just like, some girthy old man yelling at yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Not for me. I <laughs> I I'd, I'd, I'd ride one if I if I had like, you know, I don't know. I got too yeah. many bikes as it is like. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say I'd get but one, it's, <laughs> but it's too much stuff. I could maybe on. have like like build a like a chopper with like the ape hangers and that would probably be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like Yeah. But then there's another yeah. that's another deep hole, man. There's there's then you want all the, yeah, all the chopper exactly. toys, all the all the cool chopper stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been into some deep holes before. Like, um, so the the two stroke thing has stuck with me, and I've I'm like, I I've been kind of scared a few times. Like with the wood chopping, mm-hmm. I knew that the wood chopping was like a reaction to like too much like like too much communication on the internet too much like just too much thinking all that because there's so much messages and so so yeah. many emails and there's so much to and like there there's so much i feel like i don't have the time to respond to yeah. and i feel so bad about all the and especially people writing like long emails with a lot of interesting stuff and i just don't have the time to to like respond to all of it and um so it kind of it kind of wore me down a bit there and uh, had to take a break. But uh, so, but uh, luckily I came back from it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but but there's been a lot of like stuff I've been interested in, like a lot of weird stuff. Like uh, I had a period where I was uh, I was going to build snowboards, so I built this snowboard press, mm-hmm. and um, and that was the real or like that came from me riding a lot of snowboard i did i was like really into snowboarding for uh, a year or two and uh but but it's not and i'm i'm really a nerd so the snowboarding like i started with a lot of jumping and like park stuff but then i got more into the like big mountain and like riding powder steep like hiking up and riding down and double black diamond when you start yeah and and when you start doing that stuff you and alone you gotta like start doing some uh, avalanche research and 
kind of to be safe and not die. Yeah. And, but then kind of slowly I got more interested in the, like the, like digging snow profiles and checking the conditions. And I got more interested in like the whole thing about avalanches and why and how and how like yeah, <laughs> like so. the avalanche hole <laughs> yep yep avalanche hole and uh and i was actually really into fly fishing for a while where oh, i was yeah. and i yeah waiter, i was got your waders and everything oh yeah i was on like fishing trips where i many fishing trips where i didn't like do one single cast because i was waiting for the like i didn't know which uh like, like the species of uh of flies that were hatching at that point and i'd need to know that before i can select the i was just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like to so, so like to, so you're like you're like, not fishing you're, you're not yeah. fishing you're like you're like uh like studying the flies in the area yeah, yeah. And people were like, you're not fishing. You're just sitting there for hours doing nothing. <laughs> an idiot. I mean, that's like part of, part of fishing, though. You know, sitting there doing nothing for hours. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. But, <laughs> yeah, so I, I just have a tendency to go, like, deep into, like, something about something. And, and yeah, just like with two strokes. But I'm, I'm feeling now that I'm, like, I'm... You found the some last, kind of balance. Like, yeah, now I'm like I've I've got a few projects going on, and I'm trying to like that NSU quickly thing. I'm 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 doing a project that's not about really about performance. It's more about like the feeling I had when I used to ride that bike and the dream I had about buying some uh, like performance parts. And uh, so I'm trying to like do like a few different things there. Maybe not. Maybe mostly to not get burnt out and have to do the wood chopping. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, what's next? Now he's making his own flies for fly yeah. fishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about your, like, uh, like, like your machining background. Cause you do so much machine work. Is that something like self-taught or did you go to school yeah. or? No, that's it's self-taught, and everything is self-taught. I've actually got, like, I'm I'm working in a kindergarten, mm-hmm. like a daycare or a, like preschool uh, thing, and that's uh, that's like I'm not quite sure how I got in, like how I got there. I just it just happened, but um, so I'm and I'm so I'm not working with like anything motor related or machining related, and uh, I'm not uh, I've. <laughs> I'm actually that this is kind of stupid, but I'm, I'm actually the only education I've got is like the normal like uh, primary school, and yeah, uh, I'm, yeah just uh, I'm not sure what uh, if it's high school or college or what's the equivalent in uh, K through twelve would be like our regular high school equivalent. Yeah, yeah, and then I so I have some yeah, and I had three years of college then probably okay. in like your. With uh, so but like, just like with this, like a bachelor degree kind of thing here. Yeah, no, 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 not that high. It's uh, like before that. Okay. But um, but anyway, so no real. But I have one year as a like a sound engineer because I was really into into sound for a while. And um, I dude, I so have, I'm I actually have two years as a sound engineer. Yeah. So my yeah, so my education is. Uh, <laughs> And my and, uh, and uh, it's kind of ironic because my sound, my video sound has been so crappy, and I haven't cared, and I just like never really paid much attention to it, or just like 
short carries away. Like it's okay, it's good enough, but really that's what I should have been like best at making good sound in my videos. But then you would have um, went down like that tangent of like yeah tweaking the sound yeah. like you were fly fishing. You would have <laughs> never, never filmed anything. No, exactly. But yeah, no, so no, no real experience in, uh, or like no education. And I had no experience in machining until just really just recently. I've, I've borrowed some lathes and mills from people and done some easy, like quick things. But, um, but it's, it hasn't been until I got that CNC mill that I've like gotten any real experience with machining. And uh, it's been a steep learning curve. Yeah, so, but it's really impressive it's, too, by like because of how much you've done, like machining wise. Yeah, it's uh, it shows I'm, I'm, you can learn it. Yeah, exactly, and and but I'm I'm not in the like I'm not really I, I don't like the like the formal education, the normal education thing, because it's always like starting with simple stuff and then building on it and mm-hmm. and like spending a lot of time building on it. I, I, that's not my way of like learning things. I really like to just like, like dive in at exactly what I want to achieve. And then, and then I have to learn what I need to learn. Like yeah, as fast as possible. And that, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's how I like to do things. So same thing with, uh, with fusion 360, that CAD software. When I, mm-hmm. like I, the first, my first, uh, actually my first project was, uh, like a rectangular box. So that was the first thing I did. I just understood how I could make a rectangular box, and then box, and then the next project was that um, PIP cylinder. So that, that was <laughs> I just went straight, <laughs> yeah. and I was. It felt like my brain would explode for like three weeks there. I was just, and I, and I, I like couldn't. I can't. That's the thing with me. I can't let go of things. So. If there's a problem that needs to be solved and I haven't found a solution to this problem, I just grind away. I can't like every like 24 hours a day, it just grinds away there. I try not to, but it just, I can't stop myself. (laughs) I just grind. So of course you learn things. That's impressive, dude. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. uh, You learn things fast, but it comes at a cost. Like you, you, it really wears you down. But, uh, I, sometimes I feel like maybe I have some kind of a disease. Maybe I should check this, <laughs> like get checked. <laughs> like I'm on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah my, my girlfriend thinks I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, so I, I I haven't really, like before that meal, I, I I did get a late, so, but I didn't like use it much. And, and before that, it was mostly just files and hacksaws and, and like doing most things by hand. Yeah, you do and, uh, a lot. And you I do a lot by hand, and like it sh- also shows that like you don't need like you know the craziest tool no, to you, get the job done. You really don't. Then I I uh, I have this like I've been thinking about doing this build where I try to make a whole like except the liner, but the whole cylinder without any like fancy tools at all. Where you like like three D printing, where you like maybe take ten millimeters thick plates and you kind of build it up by like plate by plate and do everything, just grind everything by hand. I think that should be like possible if you can like get a proper sealant be- between those plates. And then I, th- I think you can like make a cylinder with hand tools. That would be kind of a, 
Yeah, that'd be wild. cool, but that, that yeah would take a lot of time though. But uh, yeah, that would have been that. You can get a lot done with just simple tools, and uh, you get a lot done with a CNC mill too. <laughs> <laughs> I think you became like a CNC uh, mill like uh, mechanic because you had to fix it and like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just because I couldn't really, I, I couldn't, or I can't, or I couldn't afford a like a, a running proper big machine. So I had to buy. And there's very like it's not often something like that machine pops up here in Norway. So I just had to buy it and and just figure out what was wrong and and fix it. And now it's running fine. There's some quirks and stuff you gotta like take take into account while using it, but it does work really well now. Um, no, that that was a game changer for me. That CNC oh, yeah. mill, because now I can like draw something and get it, like have it in my hand the same day, and uh, that just like opened up a whole a whole new world for uh, being able to just machine a new case, like have a new case in a day. That's uh, yeah, and it also like it's so much easier now to have an idea and like test it out. And get get there fast instead of spending like years waiting for parts and uh, <laughs> you can just make what you need and like keep keep moving. Yeah, guys, I was wondering yeah, all like, that. Like, how long does it take you to go from like just like thinking of the part you need to like having it on the bike? Same week, and I, like yeah. Now, like like that PIP build has like drawn out for years now, but the brute force engine. I think I I went from from like the the final design or the the design I decided to just go for mm-hmm. and uh, and within a month I had the engine almost complete and that was just because I could just machine the parts I needed and uh, yeah so it is uh, it's quite the tool yeah it's quite it's um like between, yeah but it's kind uh, of what was that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of boring, like, because I can't really trust my machine. Like, it's not like a new fancy mill where you just start it and go do something else. Like, I, I most probably I could do that, but I, I, can't, I I'm not trusting it. So I'm always sitting there watching it doing its thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, it's kind of boring spending a whole day watching your machine, like a machine, machine away. Like watching compared paint, to doing watching something. paint dry. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, kind of like that. So, uh. So I've done kind of uh, like with that NSU build now, I'm like, I made some brackets and stuff and I've done that by hand just to like do something else now, do something different. So it's kind of, it's more rewarding doing things by hand. Not that pretty though. Well, that, is that kind of like uh, against your motto now? Like, you know, easy isn't worth anything, but now you got this machine <laughs> that's doing it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm getting so used to machines doing it for me too. So I'm, all these robots working for me. The laser cutter for uh, gaskets. Like I and, take, uh, I take yeah. it back. Easy's worth something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, actually, that that easy is not worth anything. Thing that was actually um, like uh, it's it, it it is kind of misunderstood. Even though I really like what it's become, like. That's kind of my mantra, like easy is not worth anything. And it, and it is in a way. But the reason I wrote it on the wall was because I, as a reminder to myself to not 
like take the easy route and uh, like do something half-assed. Yeah, that was that's why I wrote it there, and like I did it in English just so people like so people in the videos can understand. And uh, but it then it kind of started meaning something else, and it's well, easy isn't really worth much, is it? It's yeah. like it's much more worth if you put like you put real real a real amount of effort into something, you spend a lot of time, and you you really then it's worth something. I also feel like I, I learned my best lessons like the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> so like everything, everything I've learned, like, you know, cause I fuck something up. Like I, I, I try harder not to make that happen again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, it's always like, with me. I, I need to like make my own mistakes, even though people have made the same mistakes before and told me not to do this this way. Cause this will happen. I kind of need to like experience it myself until I learn to not do it that way. So that's maybe like kind of stupid, but just, no, that uh, totally makes sense. Yeah, but okay. I I do remember way back when uh, when I cast the 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 whole transfers from JB Weld <laughs> onto that uh, SPX case, and I and I remember JBot saying like that will never work. Like at least you need to like reinforce it with some steel wool or something in the JB Weld. And I was like, I'm gonna try it, <laughs> and it didn't work. So that's also pretty wild too. Just saying that, like, wait, what JBot reinforced <laughs> JB Weld with steel wool inside of it? That just yeah. blew my mind. Like I would never think to do that. No, it's perfect. Like uh, like concrete with that uh, yeah, with that rebar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I'll crazy! I want to try it. I want to yeah. try it. I want to try it. Yeah. <laughs> what am I? I'm telling. What do I, what needs JB Weld in my garage right now? <laughs> but JB Weld, that's uh, that's really good stuff because. I've, I've I've used a lot of different like epoxies of the same kind, which is are meant for fixing metal. But uh, uh, and, like JB Weld seems to be like it it's better than most others, even expensive stuff that's uh, like the same same thing. So JB for the win. <laughs> Steel wool make it better. <laughs> Steel wool makes it better. Maybe some fiberglass or chopped like chopped fiber. That's uh like chopped carbon fiber in JB well. Mm. We could we could just like uh, invent yeah. it ourselves, you know? Like all right, it's a it's a yeah. three it's a three part. We sell it as a kit and we're just buying <laughs> yeah. we're just literally buying yeah. JB Weld and the and the stuff and you just sell it as a markup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some steel wool. <laughs> Dude, what is this? Yeah, you just you just rip it up, you put it inside the JB Weld. <laughs> well, that, it, cost, it costs you about ten dollars extra, but you know it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think actually Jbot was the one who, uh, who gave me the advice about wet sanding, uh, like aluminium with the oxide layer. It's really hard to get epoxy to stick really well. But I think he gave me the tip of um, wet sanding the uh, aluminium with the epoxy or with the JB weld. So you like smear some on there and then you sand it with that stuff on there, and then it prevents the like air from getting to the aluminium and uh, oxidizing it oh, and it sticks crazy. much better oh, yeah. yeah so so with that method and uh and of steel wool could, maybe i should revisit and try to cast something like a whole case out of a baby or something. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Just to prove a point. Yeah. It's like it can be done. It uh, ran for a whole block. Yeah. No, but I did glue on some some bits of uh, like some bars of aluminium and then ported the transfer into those bars and uh, and that held up for uh, I think that just held up until I took it apart and started working on something else. So um, and it's just disinter- so, yeah. disintegrated in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a box of like stuff here, old SPX stuff. Old. I think I have three or four cases, and they're all. The transfers are kept clean off because <laughs> I was gluing stuff to it to make them wider. Uh, I think that'd be a fun video one day just to see like the horde of like the... parts and things you have piled up over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite like, a lot. Like if you want to go down this journey, <laughs> this is where you end up. <laughs> hoarder and then, yeah, and hoarder status. <laughs> yeah. And especially at my place here, there's just like – a, like a pile of modified broken stuff. There's nothing like nothing of value. It's just like <laughs> things that are cut apart and welded. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. As long as you don't like calculate how much money it was, you're good. <laughs> uh, it's like, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what it is with me, but I'm so, it's so easy for me to justify like spending an insane amount, amount of money on stuff that, like, I've, I've, I think it's uh, like I've, uh, uh, what, I'm not sure what it's called, but when you're kind of like you're hiding, hiding the truth from yourself and you're <laughs> getting so good at it. So you're, you're like, you're, you're forgotten that De- part of you. Denial. <laughs> denial. Yeah. yeah so I kind of, I'm, I'm so good at denying the, <laughs> the denial now. I'm, yeah. uh, no, I feel that for but sure. I, I've, I, the way I do it is long, as long as I buy it in small increments, then then, yeah. I, then I don't notice it as much. I don't as long as I don't look at the big picture. Bad. Yeah, it doesn't seem that bad if you only buy a little bit at a time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but in the long but in the long run, it actually costs me more because I'm paying more in shipping than if I would have bought it all yeah. at once. <laughs> yep. Just thinking about that uh, that plating adventure. And all the like the insane amount of money I spent on equipment and chemicals and stuff just to try like plating that cylinder. Yeah, it was I could have plated like fifteen cylinders for the same money probably. Damn. So, but I but I learned made, a lot though. And it made for great content. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's also part of it. I can kind of justify things now by like it's it's for a video and like. So I'm I'm always trying to find ways to justify justify my uh, my yeah, spending. My, my spending. <laughs> that, that's yeah, just like just like uh, alcoholics and, and drug abuse. Yeah, it's like yeah, well, yeah. I can talk myself into anything. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> yeah, about that. I'm I'm getting so many comments about uh, being an alcoholic and uh, <laughs> like quit quit drinking so much and uh, and it's like I don't think people understand that I'm I'm. Yes, I am drinking when I'm working here, but uh, it's not that often. And now that I'm, I'm like now I'm spending more time out there. I'm not drinking every day, yeah. and uh, it's not a lot either. Like, you, like a glass of rum a day won't kill you. Yeah, and it's like and, you know, uh, you, it, it gets cold in the garage. You need something to help yeah. you stay warm. Like, yeah, exactly. We, we can justify this, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. And I, I'm not sure if I can justify. I have this. The, that shelf where that NSU was sitting, I think there's about like 
80, 90 empty booze bottles sitting on that <laughs> shelf. And that's, that's a lot of money and just nothing. <laughs> yeah, now you're just like an, an old college kid saving all the bottles to show off. <laughs> yeah. I was I actually had, like I just cleaned up the one shelf here and just threw away all the beer bottles. And it was probably, yeah, a lot. But it's been many years. Uh, we did get a question. Someone asked, uh, what's your favorite uh, type of rum? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's uh, My favorite uh, rum is a uh, rum called Mount Gay. Mount Gay Extra Old. That's kind of a funny name for, <laughs> for a rum. But it's, um, it's, yeah, that's my favorite rum. Just period. Mount Gay Extra Old. And um, it's kind of hard to get a hold of here in Norway. So I seldom drink it. But uh, Mount Gay Extra Old. It's got a used nice, to have a really a nice cool, bottle too, you know, XO. Yeah. I used to have a, I, I think the old bottle was uh, nicer. Uh, it was more piratey looking. and uh, But it's nice than you want to. And uh, yeah, so Mount Gay Extra Old. And, uh, and I drink some whiskey too. And then it's uh, Lagavulin 16, that normal Lagavulin whiskey, which is really smoky, peaty stuff. Uh, I think I, I'm, I might have some like um, like my 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 sense of taste is kind of uh, kind of not bad but uh, low. Like uh, so, I I'm really like I like stuff that tastes a lot when it comes to food and drinking and strong uh, flavors. Yeah, strong flavors and strong. And I really I might sound weird, but I really like the like the taste of alcohol too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just how it feels in your mouth and really right. weird thing to like it's been, been, so, a while, been a while since I've had alcohol in my mouth I'm trying to think it was like uh, it's like it burned it, it a little tingle yeah <laughs> that tingle it kind of like numbs your gums a little bit and uh, and you can kind of uh, like if you kind of uh, like inhale while you're drinking you get kind of a it's you know, like a weird feeling in your throat, and I just like little, that. A little bit of a uh, buzz, a little. <laughs> yeah, like kind a, of like and, smoking and cigars. And, yeah, like smoking cigars, and uh, and I really like 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 cigars and rum and whiskey and and really spicy food and just like bold, big flavors and strong stuff. Or uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So so malt malt gay extra <laughs> to answer your question. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, that's kind of because like became a thing here with in my videos, and it, it's like I did it on purpose too because I thought it was kind of funny with a <laughs> with like a gra glass of rum. Like uh, I was contemplating like if I should have this thing where I had this like a like a nice glass of red wine or something like that would have been kind of like it wouldn't fit the yeah it's like not, it would be cool because it didn't fit yeah yeah it's not like that'd be weird you'd have to be like yeah wearing a suit and tie in the garage or something weird yeah like, exactly no, you're like, like yeah, you're down yeah. to earth and gritty you got to drink some rum <laughs> yeah and i did really enjoy rum and whiskey and yeah yeah but i'm not not an alcoholic like <laughs> That's probably what all the alcoholics say. <laughs> like, if you have to say you're not, I was like, no, nah, yeah. you're not an yeah. alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Norway, it's like the accepted thing to do is to not drink anything during the weekdays. 
And when the weekend comes, it's like you're supposed to get stupid drunk. <laughs> that's like that's the accepted way of drinking here in the world. Uh, I, I, when I'm drinking like a couple of glasses of rum a couple of days a week. That's kind of people look look on like they look at that and think that's kind of a uh, not, like like I'm an alcoholic because I'm uh, drinking in the weekdays. This, this guy drinks during weekdays. And then the other yeah, guy's exactly. like, oh, uh, you're so wasted Saturday and Sunday. You can't make it to work <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So not that I'm not like doing that too, but not like not much anymore. It's mostly like for myself here in the garage, a couple of blows. Yeah, a little, uh, a little sip. Yeah. A little, yep. flav- little flavor. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had this this one crazy thing that you like came across in your videos and started using, yeah. which like was like, I don't know. It was insane. Cause I never seen it or heard of it before, but the two part piston with the encapsulated ring. Yeah. You want to talk about that? A yeah, little bit? So that, That's like really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's um, so it, it started with um, when I was like going for that 100% of more single exhaust ports. And uh, needed a way to retain the ring so that it didn't rely on the piston or the cylinder wall to not like to, like a bridge to mm-hmm. stay to not just pop out into the exhaust port and get catched. And um, so I needed to find a way to retain the ring. And we, we started with um, like an L-shaped ring, like with the L. So it hooked into a ledge in the in the piston and. Um, and that kind of worked, but it was binding a lot. So I started modifying that and making like the L parts of that ring much smaller. And that worked. And then we, like I started with uh, an idea of using a pin instead. So uh, like uh, there's a hole in the ring and there's a pin through that hole. And there's clearance in the hole, like enough clearance for the ring to seal, but not enough for the ring to snag. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but then I like... That that was the last last thing I tried, and the the piston ring broke in that hole, so it was obviously not strong enough. Like it was, with getting too weak in that hole, and um, so um, yeah, so that's so that's the reason for that two part piston. But it's also has it also has some advantages over a normal piston, where it's it is completely uniform. Like the skirt and the the top is like the mass is distributed uniformly all around it so it doesn't need to be like shaped in a weird way to so that when it gets up the temp it's it it gets round it is it is round with a slight taper and when it gets up the temp it stays round and uh, it should maybe cause less friction than versus a normal piston but um, but primarily it was just to be able to get that ring in there and, uh, and this, the like the two-part piston wasn't my idea, or I I had this other idea, but then this guy Mark Atkinson, he had already made two-part pistons for his bike for just with a normal piston ring, and the skirt was uh, like a thread-on design, and that was for the like the uniform mass distribution um, distribution factor thing, and uh, so he contacted me and asked if uh, I wanted him to do, like. Uh, machines and pistons for me and uh, and of course i said yes <laughs> yeah so uh, bring it on. yeah <laughs> bring it on so 
that. And I'm, I plan to revisit the 100% of four exhaust ports in, but keep it away from the PIP engine and like to get something running. And I, now that I want to run Bonneville, I really need to like make something reliable and or reliable enough to run there. And uh, I can't just keep on with uh, like finding new things to experiment with and having like four or five different experiments in the same engine at one time. And oh. so I'm, <laughs> it's like not, not, yeah. not building more than one bike at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, I think so, we, uh, we, we all try to try to get that one down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm going to make like, like create a, like a test platform for, for things like that. Like a, like, just a stationary case with a crank and for testing that 100% of more exhaust ports and create the cylinder with just normal everything except the big port and just to like isolate that one thing and get that working before I put it into like something else with a, like the PIP engine has this, uh, that's valveless secondary intake. Mm -hmm. And that really needs to be like, I, I kind of know that it work, like in theory, and uh, with the resonance and the pulses and stuff. But it needs a lot of uh, trial and error, probably, to find the right length. And even though I have simulated it in uh, like software, and so I know, like I'm in the ballpark, but yeah. it's it's never just it's never the same in reality as in simulations. So yeah, so Dude, uh, yeah. What about your like the this whole the whole rotary valve setup you've been doing? Because that's like, so that's yeah. like kind of like left field of like normal two stroke stuff. Yeah, it's um. Well, the thing about rotary uh, rotary rotary, <laughs> rotary valve <laughs> is uh, they're they're like they're kind of like a piston port, except you can have uh, you can choose your timing. Uh, like you can have asymmetrical timing with a rotary valve, and um, and there's when it's open, there's no restriction. So like with reed valves, there's always a little bit of restriction, and and the shape of them aren't like ideal. But with a rotary valve, you can have your like a perfect intake duct, and there's just this thin valve there, and timed correctly, it's uh, when you're in the power band, it's like it's not there. So if you have it closing at the correct time and opening at the correct time. When you're in the power band and within the like the power valves working range, it's like you have just a fully open intake without anything, and so that's like the perfect, perfect thing. So that's the so there's like a, there's a like a peak power advantage over reed valves. Maybe and got, like, and to kind of explain mm -hmm. for like those who haven't seen it, uh, we posted one of the pictures on our Instagram page of uh, yeah. the motor with the with it it's like the carb on the side it's, so it's still case inducted like you would like yeah. a reed valve cylinder you know it's case inducted yeah. like a hobbit or something but it's just it's just open exact, hole dumping gas right in there yeah so it's exactly like a reed valve like case inducted reed valve uh, engine except there's no reed valve there there's this rotary valve and so the like there's the disadvantage is it's uh, like you have to time it. You can't just like a real valve will just like time itself. Mm -hmm. So you have to time it, and uh, and there's a little bit more friction from that valve running there, and and also like you can't put your card wherever you want. Like there there are some engines like that the Aprilia RSA 
which is like the holy grail of two-stroke technology from still is actually from it was built in the i think in the like late 90s maybe early 2000s but uh that has the rotary valve like in the position you would normally find the reed valve and there's like an internal shaft and some bevel gears and stuff running it mm. but um but I think actually, like the, if you're going for rotary valve, the best solution would would be to have two carves and two valves on each side of the engine, and like to create perfect symmetry in there. Uh, that's probably the best solution. But then you have two carves to worry about. And, <laughs> yeah, more more and, more things to, to to focus on. Uh, what would yeah, you, no what would you say? What would you say is like like when you're running rotary valve, like. How do how do you feel it? Like you know what I'm saying? Like how does it affect you? Because you say you have to time it. Like say yeah, you're opening too you're, early. What would you, what would you notice? Like what would happen if it's opening too early versus opening too late? Well, if you're if you're opening too early, it's um it it actually runs better at low RPM, and because uh, then you're because it has more time to fill the cylinder at uh, like. Well, that doesn't make sense, but it's, it, it runs better at low RPM if it's opening early. But it, if you're, the real problem is if you're uh, closing too late. Because, like, I, I usually run them at about, I'm opening the valve at about uh, like 140 degrees before top dead, top dead center and closing around like 85, 90 degrees. But if you go much past 90 degrees, after top dead center, uh, your carb becomes just impossible to tune because there's uh, you're just dumping gas back into the carb. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, like until you get uh, like into the really really high RPM range, it's just like pumping back into the carb, and it uh, it gets really finicky. But it's just I I I don't really play much with the valve because it just works so well at about. 145 degrees before top dead center, like you open there and then you close it at like 85, like between 80 and 90 degrees after top dead center. Yeah. And um, and you kind of lose that like that, failure point of like reads. Like reads is one of those weird failures that like it might take you a while to like figure out what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If they're chipped or like, yeah. Or they might get bent so they don't close fully anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, can be a, but they're, really easy like like as long as they work they work and uh and of course you can tune them to like get the best like the stiffness and uh and stuff but um i haven't actually like that's one of the things where i really need to like do some more research and i haven't got much experience with read engines because i because after that first spx like adventure after that, I just went with rotary valve because mm-hmm. because of the like peak power advantages. And I've always been running like Simsi SPX, and from then on, I I just decided to use a variator because then I could just I don't have to care so much about the wide power band. I can like tune it to to like if it's really peaky. If I tune the variator right, I can just keep it there all the time. Yeah, in in, th- in theory at least. <laughs> Why a single variant instead of dual variant? Uh, um, like it, it started with those like those Tomahawk bikes I saw, and it was just just looked so cool mm-hmm. and so different from anything I've seen. But and it, it is like less, you have less range, 
with a single radiator setup, but but you might have a little higher efficiency because there's no pull, like there's only one pulley clamping the belt, not two. Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of a plus. Um, and also you have the like you can use a launch lever. That's kind of uh, yeah. yeah. And so you can easily control it, and you you don't have to tune it perfectly. You can you can like fine tune it on the on the fly. And um, so with um, that land speed bike, I had uh, like a hand, like a, there was this uh, like cable lever, and I had, yeah. yeah, brake lever for, for like tuning, fine tuning it. And um, for the new, like the PIP engine, I'm going to use, um, I'm going to use like, like a servo or something and like have it electronically controlled with feedback from RPM. So it can uh, just. Yeah, that's crazy. That'd be like, perfect. Then you really yeah, yeah, exactly, and just test it on the dyno and find where it's making peak power, and then have it just stay there all the time. So, um, so that's the plan. And uh, so, I really need to build that dyno and get that engine running properly and start like, because it's it's a year until like it's a whole year, but a year goes past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. still crunch time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking so, of weird, like uh, dual variated, like. Uh, launch levers. I think J Bolt actually yeah. did that. Yeah, I have, I remember uh, with a, this uh, like secondary belt around the yeah. Maybe I think it tested with some rollers pushing on the belt and yeah. a lot of yeah. It just did some really cool <laughs> stuff with a. I remember it had this uh, this um, there's this attack valve which is um, like there's this extra volume connected to the exhaust header in the. Like in, I think it's some Hondas, which has that kind of thing, and you can open that extra volume, and then you get like the resonance becomes different, and you get more power at low RPM, just like an exhaust valve in like more common setups. And I know J Bot made a which made this this thing with just a, like a big radiator hose and a valve, and I think I called it a donkey dick, <laughs> which was <laughs> was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should really go back and read all those old posts with, uh, yeah. Um, and check out that podcast where, which it was on. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. So, uh, so what are your like future plans for like, uh, the channel and everything besides just going back to Bonneville <coughs> and going down, well, this, it, continuing your rabbit hole journey? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is actually exactly that. Just continue the rabbit hole journey and, uh, and keep on, like um i have that brute force concept engine now and and that's kind of just the first in many things i want to try in like weird engine designs and just keep on exploring like two stroke engines and trying stuff that people don't try cuz like the like where like i'm in kind of this great position where i where i'm not making like what i'm making money from is not like making stuff that works and selling it to people, but I'm like making the money that can support what I'm doing from people just watching, watching me doing the stuff. So I can test a lot of stuff that like other people with like the machines and the uh, knowledge can't do because they're Cause they have uh, to create a on, product. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sell it to someone and they have to be happy with it. And, and I don't, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just doing things for, for, uh, for fun and, for like learning and so yeah so it's just like new making 
trying out stupid stuff. Yeah. And that was kind of, <laughs> I remember that kind of answers two questions yeah. in one because I was going to ask if you would ever get into like, you know, building or, like what you would consider the perfect two stroke cylinder to like, you know, market. Yeah. I, I, I'm not really, I, I don't like having customer customers. Like I don't, it's so much hassle and I have to like so much around that and it just creates so much stress. So I, I'm not going to, I don't think though might happen, but I'm, I'm not, don't think I'm going to like create something to sell, but I'm, what I might do is like design something and like, have the plans out there open so people can like get it made themselves. Yeah. That'd be sick. If, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, I really enjoy just doing stupid shit in my garage and, <laughs> and keeping it at, at that level. But, uh, I'm always, been, it's always been like, I've been joking about like my dream job would be to get some like government funding for doing stupid shit <laughs> in the garage. And and now it's like the dream is kind of like it's kind of coming true. It's not the government funding it, but it's all the people watching and uh, and uh, yeah, it's just so much has happened in the last like two three years now. So it's just I'm so like grateful, thankful for for how things are going and for all the people like supporting me and watching and and just allowing me to do this stuff. So yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, Wanna give a give a quick shout out, man, and um and let everyone know where they can follow the channel and what they can do to support you. Check him out. Check out his Teespring too, man. He's got he's got some shirts for yeah. sale. Get get some hoodies. Get some stuff. You know, help help support the cause because you know it's really yeah, interesting seeing uh, all the stuff you're doing. Yeah, well, thank you. So yeah, so it's a two stroke stuffing on YouTube, and uh, that's with a, like the number two and the stroke stuffing. And, uh, and I'm on Instagram too, same number and, or same name. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's about it. And the Teespring store. And, uh, I'm just really like, I'm really amazed at how many people are watching and, and yeah, just, it's, it's just crazy. It is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, thanks. and thank you for, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I, uh, I really, it's a great podcast. I found it just a few weeks ago and uh, I've been listening to it every day in my car oh, since sick. then. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. There's, there's definitely uh, <laughs> some episodes that are, are better than others. Or it's not, they're not all created equal, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but it's, it's just like having something to listen to with some guys just talking shit. That's, that's like better than most of the stuff I was listening to. And I was just like searching and trying to find something interesting. And there was so much crap out there. Yeah. Listen to woodwork podcast or something. That might get weird. <laughs> no, no. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate it too, man. Like I really was excited. Like when we connected, I was like, Oh my God. Like, because we talk about your videos or like you know here and there you, you know your stuff comes up like oh dude do you guys see this and like you know it's, it's a, it's a yeah. cool thing and mopeds is such a weird niche it's like yeah the community is small enough that we should all like be like jumping on each other's stuff all yeah. the time and you know hope more people like can see the see what you're doing and like you know make more videos and do more cool shit like so we can yeah you know give us something yeah, to do of- that's like besides you know before we start fly fishing again or something yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, really. That's kind of the like one of my motivations to, to like inspire people to do to build stuff and uh, 
I really I feel like I'm, I'm more like I started when I started out I was more like thinking my purpose with my channel was maybe to try to educate people and like share what I what I knew and stuff but I'm I'm more like now I'm more thinking maybe more of a like an inspiration thing like yeah yeah <laughs> and just like I don't know I think that is interesting because like you know, I did. I remember I kind of started off talking about the episodes you have that are just like how to do this, how to do that. You know, like it's yeah. kind of the same format you see on a lot of different topics. But then, like, yeah. Yeah. kind of where it's at now, it's just like it's just interesting to see what you're doing, and which is like, yeah, it's I'm, cool. It's like no matter what it is, it's like, oh, what's he? What? <laughs> what, what, what could it be this week? Oh, you're, do, yeah. you're, you're doing what with the with the with the remote control? <laughs> car like <laughs> dude talk about that yeah. real quick dude the the rc engine on a on a tomos like every yeah, tomos so I, kid just lost their mind <laughs> yeah i was um I, i'm kind of sad it didn't work very well and uh i think with a better clutch on that tomos engine and maybe a different like not the bicycle chain but a belt or something it might work better and i i'm i'm that engine is sitting just next to me, I'm going to re- revisit that too, and try to make it work. But uh, oh, it's uh, just this idea I've had for like forever to try to run a moped with an RC engine, and uh, so I tried with that four-cylinder, four-stroke like thing first, but uh, and snapped the crank within like uh, two minutes, and then I tried with that 3.5 cc nitro engine, but um, it um, yeah, it kind of worked, but the clutch just burnt out. Yeah. It's also so, crazy uh, to think about like an, a remote control car motor carrying the weight of a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like even if it moves at all, you're like, okay, this, this little remote control car engine serious. And I, it, it was just like the whole, that whole short project was like the reason I, like the reason I did it, it was just, or like, it was so cool to just have this crazy idea. And with that CNC mill and, and all that stuff, I could just like, make it happen within a couple of days and just yeah just like that feeling of uh, having a stupid idea and just realizing it within just a short period of time that's like feels really like it feels good to (laughs) to be able to do that so yeah (laughs) because a lot of us have those ideas and we're just like hey you want to know what we should try and we and we never try yeah (laughs) no exactly it's been like that for me too like i've never had the means to to realize anything and now i'm starting to like build up a build up a lot of machines and stuff around here which i so, so that i can do that that stuff hell yeah i think it's been uh, cool. th- three years of me talking about putting the podcast on youtube with a video <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there's still no videos <laughs> i actually remember I, I was listening to one of your podcasts uh, just a few days ago where you were, were talking about that but it might not be a, such a good idea because then they would see it all yeah. Oh, yeah. when you're when you're just slacking and uh... like Ashley, yeah, what are you doing on yourself up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like you get you gotta be worried about when you, when you get when you're doing this really tired and like you, you start yawning. You're like, oh god, everyone's gonna see me yawn, <laughs> yawn during the podcast. Like I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, yeah, man, that's 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 awesome, dude. Thank you so much for being on, and like, yeah, I hope, I thank hope, you like, for having me. You know, more people, more people check you out, and like, you know, maybe when you do yeah. some more crazy shit or you come back to Bonneville, like, let me know. We can, 
you know, maybe set yeah, something sure. up and we can come out and visit or like, you know, we, maybe we can yeah. make it the whole thing into a rally or something like, all right, guys, yeah. we're going to throw a moped rally at Bonneville. Like everyone come yeah, out. Like, I think cool. we can make it like something cool. Yeah, that would be cool. I just, that's uh, the town up there, Wendover. That's the strangest town because it's, uh, it's, it's on the border today. It's Nevada on the, on one side. And, uh, is it, uh, I can't remember that. Either way, it's a one, so one state doesn't allow gambling and the other does. <laughs> so the city is divided. It's a normal city. And then you enter Nevada and it's just casinos and like strip clubs. <laughs> just yeah. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> let's get let's get let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, really so, nice being on the podcast. Yeah, we all we really all nice. we all know yeah. what side of town we're staying on when we go to Bonneville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right, dude, I'm gonna wrap it up. But thank yeah. you so much, and like, let's let's keep in touch, man. Like I said, I'd love to like yeah you know, meet up with you or something and or talk yeah, again. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really nice being on the on, on the show. Yeah, dude. All right, well, let's wrap yeah. it up, dude. Fuck your car. Yeah, okay. Ride him open. <laughs> I'll see you later. Yeah, man, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Moped Monday podcast. Um, dude, Alex from Two Stroke Stuffing, rad dude, doing really cool shit. Check out his YouTube channel. Like, give the guy some support. Like. You know, help him keep doing what he's doing. And, yeah, man, if you got a topic you think we should get into or a guest you think we should have on the show, feel free to give us an email at mopedmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll try to get that thing done for you. And, um, yeah, man, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to mopedmoney.com and purchase a T-shirt or a hoodie or something. You know, any little bit helps. And, yeah, man, hopefully, you know, everyone had a good time out at the races this weekend. Moped GP Midwest. I haven't seen a lot of videos and stuff. I've been trying to look for it and like check a couple of videos out, but I'm like, oh, no one's no one's posting shit. I'm like, I'm gonna have to like dive down the hole and like see what I can find. But you know, I'm sure they built cool bikes. I'll, I'll post a picture of um of uh some of the cool bikes I see if you know there's more out there. I mean, I'll share them on Instagram or something to the stories. But like, I don't know, man. There's cool sh- cool shit going on in mopeds right now. Like, you know, we're kind of getting it going again. And so, yeah, let's just uh, have fun. Ride your bikes, you know, do the thing. I rode this week. I fixed my fox. I broke a peg. Did some shitty booger welding over at Thomas's house. And, you know, I'm going to get the job done. But it's all good, man. So that's it. Fuck your car. So, Ride um, moped. What are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. Ride a moped. I don't know, like, touch the fly, was it moving? Like, no, nah, it feels pretty locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Oh, boy. Wah, wah, wah. You fucking...